everyone. Welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. I'm your host, Scott, and tonight, it may not be the true and other Day de los Muertos, but hey, ain't no reason why we can't celebrate it, eh? We can't celebrate it late? Well, I mean, you could. I mean, I am kind of now, because I, um, kind of on a bit of a spur of the moment, decided to watch... All 10 episodes, as well as the first movie in the From Dust Till Dawn franchise. Now, why did I watch the first 10 episodes, you say? Well, I also watched the 10 episodes of what was going to just be From Dust Till Dawn, the miniseries. That was it. That was what it was meant to be. It was meant to be 10 episodes. But in turn, it became more than that. And I haven't watched season 2 and season 3. I might do a full redux review of of all of that as well as the other two movies as well for the From Dust Till Dawn franchise but I decided to just go on a spur of the moment review of From Dust Till Dawn the first one that came out in 1996 which stars Quentin Tarantino George Clooney Cheech Marin Danny Trejo Harvey Keitel Ernest Liu amongst others no not Ernest Liu Scott Liu no Ernest Liu that's what it was sorry I don't know why I'm confusing the two sorry for that but, um, yeah, it was from Dust Till Dawn, came out in 1996. It was d- directed by Quentin Tarantino, not Quentin Tarantino. It was from directed by Robert Rodriguez in 1996. And it was written by him and Quentin Tarantino. They both worked it on together. And the story was also kind of helped out with by Robert Kurtzman. And it also stars Fred Williamson, Juliette Lewis, Salma Hayek. Tom Savini, Michael Parks, and the band Tito and Tarantula, whom you might not know, but you might. This came out on a $19 million budget and made 59.3 at the box office, even if it was a bit of a overly violent film, it was well made. More or less, the two are basically the, the miniseries as well as the movie are basically the same sort of plot. So I am going to compare what happens in both because the miniseries I should also bring to your attention, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else in between. I'm very sorry for that again. I keep on forgetting for everyone here. The original series was based on the series and it stars DJ Cortana. Cor- Trona, Zane Holtz, Jesse Garcia, Eliza Gonzalez, Madison Davenport, Brennan Suhu, Robert Patrick, Wilmer Valderrama, Jake Busey, Isai Morales, Don Johnson, and Danny Trejo. So Danny Trejo does show up again. A lot of others don't, but that's fine. This one had three seasons, and I know it was. I was told that they uh, could not make a revival due to the cancellation of El Rey Network last year on New Year's Eve, which kind of sucks, but pretty much same idea for the first ten episodes. Season one follows the series just in the same way more or less it's not a big big deal basically like more or less the the, it starts off a little bit more differently a little bit but more or less it's two bank robbers Seth and Richie Gecko who hold up a liquor store killing the clerk Pete Bottoms and the Texas Ranger Omar Craw that's how the first one kind of starts out as like this is this series starts out as well. 
but the series also has a bit of a more mythological explanation about everything because you could do more in a mini series than you could in a movie so it's it does a little bit more of the mythological stuff that happens about these vampires yes it's a, it was a, it's a vampire movie i don't go into horror movies i don't go for horror movies this is more of an action horror oriented film more action than anything but it is what it is i mean who was a part of that um trying to see what else um but more or less the idea is that these two rob a liquor store and they shoot some folks they've already been on a bit of a violent crime spree they find themselves burning down the liquor store destroying the liquor store as they leave and more or less after a bit of a dumb shootout that they had to go through they go they uh destroy the building they leave they find themselves at a motel cheap motel to like hide out for a little bit Seth as as uh, instructs this hostage that they also took I don't know why they took hostage but they somehow had to like oh let's just take a hostage I think that was more of Richie's obligation I guess to the whole plan but whatever either way it doesn't matter what happens is this happens they go to this um, cheap motel an inn of some sort or whatever you want whatever you want to call it to hide out Seth goes to scope out the border and whatnot to see what they could do about crossing at a decent time without getting caught by the cops who are literally setting up a dragnet with the FBI and the Texas Rangers as well as the state I believe yeah Texas Rangers and the FBI as well as the, the local police are trying to set up a roadblock so if they are able to they might capture them within a certain amount of time and they don't really want that after Seth comes back, they finally, he finds out Richie raped and killed the, the kidnapped victim, which Rich, uh, which Seth kind of gets a little pissed off about because it's like, come on now, you you can't be doing this, you can't be, and he's right. But meanwhile, you have Jacob Fuller, who's played by Harvey Keitel in the movie. And Rob Patrick in the miniseries. More or less talk about how he's kind of just, he's not really wanting to be much of a pastor anymore, a real McCoy anymore. And he's trying to escape that life in a sense. Not really escape, but he's trying to run away from his obligations because of the fact that his uh, wife recently passed and he doesn't feel comfortable about being much of a pastor anymore and you know what i can agree with that if you lost a loved one and it's hard for you to go back to your old life then there's no other reason to just kind of go on a vacation and try and figure things out you might not want to be back there again if you've lost your faith as a minister and i get that that happens to a lot of people and it's not easy at all to deal with that but anyways his daughter and son are saying hey let's like, are we going to Mexico still and whatnot? They decide to, but first they decide to go to a cheap motel and hunker down for now because Jacob needs to get some sleep. He wants to relax a little bit. He doesn't want to be kind of just there in a sense. He doesn't want to deal with all the crap. And you know what? That's fine. I get that 100%. I get the fact that he doesn't want to be in the RV that they're using and 
he's experiencing a, fi- a crisis of faith brought on from his death like from his wife's death so scott and kate are trying to kind of keep him up well not keep him up but just kind of keep him more happy and smile a little bit more because they're worried about him and you know what i would be too if my father did something like that and he had a crisis of faith if he was one of those sort of folks i would also be a little worried about him but since my father isn't like that i don't have to really worry now do i no i don't but what i do need to worry about is the fact that um now once i get to the motel it looks like all three of them are being taken hostage. Basically, the geckos take three more hostages and force them to drive them, like to smuggle them over to the Mexican border. This happens in the miniseries as well, but there's a little bit more going on in the miniseries that isn't really mentioned so far. But more or less, the miniseries also does deal with a little bit more that's going on, more or less. The whole plot, more or less, is just like, the same thing that's going on now but there's also like what else um basically the geckos also instead of just one texas ranger there's two involved in that shooting and the other texas ranger was omar Gros partner who was the ranger played by michael parks in the in the main movie but in the miniseries he's played by don johnson and freddie gonzalez his partner who, uh, oh, and his mentor, more or less, is dead. He goes after the geckos and heads to Mexico himself. And he's, he doesn't care if he's a Texas Ranger. He will, like, fully pursue the law, even if it means, like, he, in some sense, breaks, not even breaks the law, but he literally goes out of his own um, way to do so, in a sense. Because he doesn't want to, uh, in some sense, just let them run away. And get away scot-free. So he decides to go that far. Same idea. In a sense with this series. Like I mean. He's a brand new character in this one. So he's not the same as anyone else. But there is one character in this one. That's in the miniseries. That doesn't die. in That dies in the movie. But doesn't die in the miniseries. And that is. Uh. Sex Machine, played by Jake Busey in miniseries, but played by Tom Savini in the movie. His name is Aiden Tanner, and he's a doctor of sorts in that series, so he's definitely someone you got to keep an eye on. But that's a different story altogether, more or less. But Danny Trejo also appears in this one as well, like I mentioned, and yada yada. More or less, the same idea goes on in season one. Like, season one's basically not a full-blown retelling, but a good bit of it is also a little bit of what happens in the movie as well. But a lot of other things go on. So they kind of do that sort of thing. Now, dealing with their hostages, they get across the border with any real slight problems per se. They have a bit of a nosy um, border patrol officer who decides to investigate a little bit further and ask what the hell is going on. They get through it no problem without any issue after the fact. Then they get into Mexico to this bar called the Titty Twister. The Titty Twister is apparently open from dusk till dawn. Ergo, the name of the movie. 
don't ask me why it's called from dust to dawn until dawn I don't care I'm not I guess I'm very cynical today but that's not who I am normally I just I like I said I decided to go on a random oh my oh sorry ladies and gentlemen I just realized sorry um, overall, what happens is that, um, they find themselves in the place, they find themselves at the strip club of sorts, where they're meant to meet their, car- contact Carlos, who's gonna meet them at dawn, and the Diddy Twister, and he's gonna escort Richie and Seth to El Rey, to get Sanctuary. And it's not negotiable, yada yada yada. So when they get there, there's a bit of an issue with the guy at the front of the bar who's like advertising all the strippers there, and just he causes a bit of a ruckus for Seth and Richie, who then get into the bar, and the bartender, who's played by Danny Trejo, a great guy if I'm honest, he's a great actor. He plays Razor Charlie. He's saying, nah, you guys aren't welcome here. Harvey Keitel's character, Jacob, he decides to at least say, hey, these are my friends. I have an RV. I require a trucker's license to operate it. Allow me to have him with me. And if food is okay here, bring a bartender over for us, you know? And, um, well, at the same time, um. Overall, like the whole idea is like they're drinking, they're having fun. Rich Seth is a little bit pissed off about like, the fact that he had to do with this guy costing him at the bar, at the front of the bar, like at the entrance, and then the guy giving him a rough time at the actual like bar itself. And he's just like, ah, fuck. He's not happy about it. He's not very happy about it overall. He's kind of angry. He's drinking a lot. And he's like, I don't want to drink alone. He asks Kate and Scott, Jacob's kids, to have a drink with him. He's not wanting to drink alone. He's getting Jacob to drink. And he's like, are you such a loser to realize you've won? The FBI can't catch you. No one can catch you. You won, man. Chill out. And after a little bit there is a fantastic dance play, like, done by Sama Hayek who's playing the character of Santanico Pandemonium which I believe means demonic Satan still like interesting nevertheless because it involves like a corn snake and like Quentin Tarantino's mouth being filled with beer from the foot of Salma Hayek. But, uh, yeah, that's what happened in it. It's, um, one of those crazy sort of events like that happens and it's just like, wow. And it's just, I don't know how else to describe it. But, um, yeah, overall, it's a good setup, and it's what it is.
but um either way the whole setup is different it's definitely set up in a way where it's like this happens and then afterwards the barman and uh the entry guy is like he starts a bar fight kills uh richie and that causes more like chaotic things that go wrong everyone starts to become uh vampiric i guess you could say and start to uh eat everyone and only a few people fight them all off more or less this becomes um frost and sex machine as well as jacob among jacob seth kate and scott fight them all off and more or less It had to deal with the fact that, um, what's it called? More or less, these are because these are vampires, and they're having to stake all these motherfuckers. Kay at one point uses her own cross to save her and South and Scott, and uh, a bunch of them start to get like, and they realize these are vampires. Why the fuck are these guys like not? melting or what have you when they do they it's like whoa but also the same thing is going on in the series as well but uh at the end of the day it's just it's so intense it's just very horrific but very well done and stylized in such a good way so it starts to go it goes back to the bar and starts having a drink because his uh brother's dead and a lot of other people are dead he doesn't know how to handle it, more or less, it looks like. And he's deciding to just drink his sorrow away. And that's not a good move, if you ask me. But then comes in the sounds of the bats who are trying to take everything over. Tom's, like, uh, Sex Machine notices that he's become, like, he's get he's changing because he was bit. And he bites Frost, whom then they both fight until... The sex machine gets thrown out the front of the door, like one of the doors, and then all the bats come in and swarm the whole place. Jacob's been bit. Seth, Scott, and Kate run into some sort of basement area. Not even basement, but this whole area that's safe and away from away from everyone. And they realize that uh, Jacob's still out there. He might be bitten and dead, but he finds himself a shotgun and a baseball bat and uses them together to form a, uh, a cross of sort because they realize um, crosses, holy water and all this other shit work perfectly well like staking them in the heart and all this and when Jacob comes back uh, comes to the door to like say let's mount up something to, to get it going so we can like stick it together he also says I may not be around a whole lot longer to Kate, Scott, and Seth, and he asks it, like them to kill him when the time comes. His kids feel a little reluctant to do so because they don't know if they can do it or not. They don't have the. They don't feel like they can really do it. And you know what? I would if I was at, if, if someone I knew would. Like, it'd be hard for me to do it, but if someone I cared for and loved became something they weren't normally, I would fucking do it. I don't care. I would fucking do it. But that's beside the fact. So anyways, that the final standoff starts to begin. 
they find condoms that they fill with tap water that they turn into holy water. Uh, Seth finds a sort of machine gun of some sort, like a pile driver, you could say, that he uses to make a stake with. Like a, a chain, not even a chain gun sort of stake, but it's almost like a, a, a gas powered like gun of sorts that he turns into one. Um, Kate finds a cro- uh, shotgun like crossbow and actually also carves a cross into the bullets in uh, Richie's bullets that he has well, in Seth's gun more or less for his gun they use all these tactics all these weapons to defend themselves and as time goes on uh, Jacob becomes one of the satanic demons and basically succumbs to his wound Seth can't kill him oh Scott can't kill him he, he wants to but he can't he feels horrible about doing it, and uh, then even worse so is the fact that um, Kate has to kill her brother. They do so, she does so, and they more or less are fighting everyone off. They've noticed that there's it's starting to become brighter now, it's starting to become dawn, and that a lot of the sun's coming in, so they say, um, like they start to shoot more holes into the place. Carlos finally shows up, and this is the funny thing. Cheech Marin has played three characters, Chet, the Border Patrol guy, and now Carlos. And he's showing up like, let's save everyone. Like, he saves the day in a sense because now the sun's hitting the vampires, which also kind of fucks them up because that is what a vampire... Like, I guess vampires don't like garlic. Fucking sunlight or any shit like that. But what makes it even funnier is how the, how they all die... Because mostly due to a fucking disco ball that's in that club that just literally kills every single fucking vampire that's left and just destroys them all. It's hilarious to me. That is the only time I maybe started to laugh at this movie. Because there are parts in this movie where I'm actually enjoying it, kind of enjoying the music and whatnot and everything else going on. I mean, I love the music that's playing in the club itself when Tito and Tarantula start playing for Santanico Pandemonium's dance and it's just like... This is really good Latino Tex-Mex Chicano rock sort of sound. And it's really just smooth and mellow. It just, it doesn't try and be something different until they become vampires themselves. And it becomes some crazy saxophone bass, psychopunk, heavy metal shit. <laughs> but it's, it's funny. It's funny at times. This movie is not meant to be funny, but it has moments to me where I'm laughing. Not intentionally, mind you, but I'm laughing. But that is what it is. Again, with the miniseries, the same thing. While Sex Machine in this miniseries, well, in the whole series itself, in the first 10 episodes, is actually like some college professor who's looking up some stuff about some mythos about like the Mayan vampires or some shit like that. And um, when Carlos saves everyone, and I'm going back to the movie itself, going back to the movie, sorry. I didn't mean to get sidetracked because I'm trying to compare both. When he comes back, he well, when he comes and saves everyone, he only notices that uh, Seth and Kate are the only ones still alive. And Seth tries to negotiate because, hey, my brother's dead. That girl's family's dead. Everyone in there is fucking dead except for me and her. I want 25% to go into El Rey. And this, that, they, they start to, like, really just kind of negotiate a little bit. They uh, split up. Seth is going to El Rey with uh, Carlos and Kate heads home. 
And the movie, I love how it ends because it just, it pans out to this, I hate to break the effect here, but it cuts to this matte painting of sorts where it's like all these things, these vampires have been kind of like, like a, band, a bunch of abandoned vehicles, a bunch of junk, all this and that. And on top, in the bar itself, is on top of a Mayan temple. Like, it literally is exiting. You can see, like, this Maya, this giant Maya temple in the middle of the desert. Like, it's a huge pit. With everything around it being from maybe the 20s and the 30s, maybe. Like, very late. Like, in the time. Like, it's just... It's, a, not, a, it's not a Maya. It's an Aztec temple, actually. But it's still, like, a partially buried Mesoamerican temple of sorts. And it's huge, dude. It's huge. Like, I'm thinking, like, just... It's on top of an eight-level, partially buried temple from the Aztecs or the Maya. But it's just... It's huge. It's just... Holy mackerel, man. Like, it looks so wide with everything around it. I know in, um... The prequel, The Hangman's Daughter, they kind of reference this as well. And the way they do it is just... It's smart about it because... But the fact that it also ends on the same, like in the same way, a little bit, but it ends around like, oh, it's more. They say it's a Mayan temple in the third one, but like, I guess it's a Mayan temple or Aztec temple. I don't really know. All I know is it's either Maya or Aztec. I don't really know which exactly, but I just know it's a huge temple that's like partially buried and it's just it's such a immensity it's just huge like i love how it's a matte painting too because it's not cheap to do that sort of thing but i would love something like that without the rv driving off into the like into the like just driving off more or less but uh before that actually does happen seth does leave uh, give um Kate some money to take home, like to go home with, more or less, because she's a little concerned for his safety, for her safety, and just says you can't, she can't go with him to El Rey. And um, she feels, he feels kind of, he he says to, like, he says to her, "I'm a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard." Like he wouldn't. I think he's kind of saying in the sense like he's not going to let his friend's daughter go with him to a place that's just full of criminals, you know what I mean? I don't think he wants her to get raped or anything like that. And I don't want to use rape in such a nasty sense. I have to because it's a horrible thing. But at the end of the day, this movie and the miniseries are different in some ways. The miniseries kind of goes into a different direction because it's not even a miniseries anymore after the 10th episode it becomes something else but a lot of the things like um um what's his name sex machine becoming a a cult like um somehow becomes some sort of ridiculousness about it and a lot of things go on in it but more or less the whole series kind of um is very different if i'm honest But even then, the way it kind of sets up is just... The series is so weird, if I'm honest. I don't know what to say about this series. But you know what? This series kind of just went into such a different direction. And you know what? 
if I I'm not comparing I'm comparing both equally. I like how the miniseries sets itself up to be a little bit more different and adds more elements to everything. Like Seth and Richie kind of like um, Richie being a bit of an outcast of some sort against some like people because he guess he doesn't live around everyone many uh, much anymore. This that the other thing. There's a lot of things that go on in the miniseries that don't like that kind of add more to the very confounded and very difficult kind of explanation between Seth and Richie. But if I was to rate this movie on its own without the miniseries, which came a couple years later, if I was to just to rate it overall, I would say this movie is a six out of ten. Not that I hate this series, but overall this was the beginning of something huge that Robert Rodriguez would come back to numerous times. He allowed two directed DVD well direct video sequels happen. Texas Blood Money and The Hangman's Daughter, which I've mentioned the third one because it's a prequel, but the second one is more of a sequel, I guess, overall. But the whole series is just it's very different. It's very different. And it's just, it's not what you expect. And it's, what's funny, it was filmed in South Africa, of all places, for the second one. But the third one, it looks like it was kind of a, whatever. I don't know where the production was for it, but I know it was whatever, you know what I mean? It wasn't the best, but I know... It, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a very different uh, series. And like I mentioned, the miniseries is definitely different. Well, the whole series overall is different. But the 10-episode miniseries is something I enjoyed. Sorry for that. But, like I said, this is a solid 6 or 7 out of 10. Now, if you're a fan of Robert Rodriguez, I do recommend that you check out the first movie and if you want to check out more i would definitely suggest watching texas blood money and the hangman's daughter if you really want to get into the whole immersiveness of this series and then if you still want more from from dust till dawn from the, the entire franchise then check out the three season show which i hate to say only lasted three seasons but unlikely that L, the L Ray Network is going to come back anytime soon. I would have loved to have had a chance to actually use that network, but it looks like it, it closed down last year, but it now is now on a streaming network. I don't know what the situation is on it now, but I know as of uh, now. Oh, it got. Re- um, oh, okay. Now it's got a, a partnership with Cinedime on a real. As a, Re, as, and we see the network relaunch as a streaming platform. I haven't uh, seen it yet on any network at all yet, but I wouldn't mind checking it out. And, um, huh. Oh, okay. Looks like I won't be able to because it's only. It looks like a part of the Roku channel stuff, and I don't really have that myself, I don't have a Roku player, so, dang, that's okay though, not a big deal, even if I did have one, it's what it is, I don't really need it myself, but it'd be cool to have, but, uh, 
eh, whatever. Not a big deal. At the end of the day, it is what it is. Not like I need a whole lot of it. Even if I could watch it, I would. But since I can't, not a big deal. I just know it'd be nice to just check out, but... Eh. Whatever. It is what it is, folks. And I'm I'm rambling for a half an hour. And I didn't realize I was. But other than that, like I mentioned, if you're a fan of these... If you're a fan of uh, vampires or you want to watch a... Just a kind of Saturday night movie, just overall, just something to kick back and watch. You don't care a whole lot. If you like George Clooney or if you like Harvey Keitel in movies, you might get a good kick out of this film. If you want to watch the miniseries, I recommend it. It is on Netflix in Canada. It might be in other platforms around the world still. Or if you're able to find the three seasons on blu-ray or dvd knock yourself out like i said knock yourself out on all of the movies go for it i won't judge it if you do watch them just don't go in there thinking it's gonna be the best thing since sliced bread don't do that to yourself just enjoy them for what they are and until then everyone this is scott signing out until next time i will see you next out until next time this is scott signing out and transmission